Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. If you have a puppy or a young dog, chances are you're one of the many Australians who brought home a new family member during one of the coronavirus lockdowns. According to Peak Body Animal Medicines Australia, over one million dogs have been bought since 2019. But what if you have a puppy or a young dog and you're about to have a baby? Can you make the transition a seamless one? Jennifer Tate is the co-author of How to Train Your Dog and also a mum of three small children. Hi, Jen. How are you? Hello. Good. Thank you, Siobhan. Thanks for having me back. It's a pleasure. Does it matter what age your dog is when you bring your baby home? Like, is it is an older dog more likely to accept a baby, less likely? I think I think if we look at it from the dog's perspective, a puppy is still requiring a high level of emotional support and every experience that they have has the ability to shape and affect their confidence as they grow. So, I mean, if you consider a puppy, they are like having a newborn baby home and they really do need all that extra support and guidance over the next year. So, look, I wouldn't recommend bringing having a puppy when you're about to bring home a baby. Um, I, you know, you sort of want the dog to have reached uh, an emotional uh, maturity at least from about a year and a half of age and at least then you have the time to establish some consistency and some um you know just just grow that dog to be in a better place than what you would when you're still establishing any form of anything with, with a you know eight nine ten week old puppy so let's just say you didn't know this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you didn't plan your pregnancy quite yeah. in line with the puppy. Of course, yeah. Um, and if your dog is under, say, 18 months of age, are we able to train them in any way to be uh, more open to getting, like having a baby come yeah. home? Because yep. I'm, I'm, they say with your second child that for your first child, when you bring your second home, it's like your partner bringing home a new lover. Yeah. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and I reckon if dogs felt that way, they'd probably have just about the same emotional control as oh, a absolutely. child. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. I think there is a lot of um, there there can be jealousy there, and there there is a lot of emotional contagion that happens when you bring home a baby. You know, you're obviously, especially when it's your firstborn. Um, you know, I was an anxious wreck for the first six months <laughs> or a year. Um, yes. And, you know, dogs can sense way more underneath, you know, all the cortisol levels and ch- changes that happen within the mother, uh, within the baby, before the baby cries. There's so much that happens there um, that the dog picks up on. So I think the, the main thing leading up to bringing home a baby when you have a young dog in the family and it's the same with an older dog as well it's trying to manage uh, put into place management rather than think about it training wise we need to try to work out how to build a puppy's resilience and independence so when the baby comes home and life gets thrown you know (laughs) all all routine any sort of anything (laughs) gets thrown out the window we have the ability to potentially place the puppy in a crate and they already feel comfortable in that space. So, you know, we had, uh, we did it all wrong with our um, firstborn who's now (laughs) seven years old. But when we brought him home, Ari used to, our Australian Shepherd used to sleep by our bed every night. And I 
you know, was getting up in the middle of the night, tripping over the dog, oh, sort of God. telling the dog to shit while I was going out and settling <laughs> or feeding the baby. And what I noticed after a few days was that every single time um, Lennox started to whimper or cry, Ari would show stress signals. He'd start to whimper. He'd start to pin his ears back there, lick his lips, show me signs that he was really upset. And I couldn't, to be in my sleep-deprived state, couldn't work out what was going on and why he was having that that strong reaction. But it's because during the night, every time the baby cried, I'd step on, on him, him or I'd tell him <laughs> to get out of the way or something. So something bad was happening associated mm. to that cry. So, you know, to fix that problem, he was already crate trained. We went back to crate training him at night, uh, so crating him at night in another room and he was a much happier dog. So you could do that even though he was an older dog, you could crate train him so that he was more at peace with that kind of interruption that a baby brings. Yeah, I, 100% my number one uh, suggestion for people who are looking at bringing home a baby would be work on building the dog's independence around the house. So create separate spaces for the dog to go and feel happy and and make that part of normal life. Create them at night so they don't get involved in the, the chaos of waking up and night feeds. Uh, but that independence time is really important because all if that just happens once the baby's there, then that's when it starts to, you know, jealousy might sink in and the dog starts to get anxious about the fact that they don't have um, as much time with you. But if we can utilise that nine-month lead-up and slowly but surely gradually introduce a bit of variability to routine, um, a bit of, you know, crate training, independence time. There's all sorts of things like stocking the fridge full of enrichment items, you know, get the family in as well as offering meals, frozen meals, get them to, <laughs> to stuff a Kong and <laughs> the dog. Think about the dog as well. <laughs> well, they're part of the family, aren't oh, they? Right. You do that's need right. to think of them. Exactly. And so when you talk about independence and getting them used to that, are you saying that if, um, for example, uh, people are working from home and their dog is around, to maybe not let them in at your feet, to keep them in a separate area so that they can start to go, oh, you're home and I'm home, but we don't have to be together? Absolutely. The number one behavioural problem in adult dogs in Australia is separation anxiety. So what we want to try to do from the minute we bring a puppy home, and this can absolutely be introduced into older dogs as well, is focus on building their emotional confidence in being independent from you. And if they can't be independent from you while you're home, there's a high chance they're going to struggle to be relaxed when you're not home. So all our dogs from a young age, when they're puppies, we work on things like um, what we call the cafe dog exercise, which is exactly what you'd expect when you go to a cafe, tying them up under the um, under, under the seat at the cafe. But we do it at home to the dining room table and we might sit, sit just a metre away. And it's, it's the ability of getting that puppy to deal with restrictions and deal with a little bit of, you know, I guess mild forms of stress to build that resilience. So puppy pens are a great idea. Have the puppy pen in the lounge room. So the puppy is still there in amongst the chaos, but they're not following your every move around the lounge room into the kitchen to get a coffee back outside. Um, and they are learning to be content in that slightly separate space. I love doing this interview because it's it's so similar to all the parenting interviews I do in that <laughs> I listen to what you say and understand just how I've done everything wrong. 
<laughs> like when you say the pup, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. My, <laughs> my dog follows me everywhere in the house. Um, we're talking about, you know, having enrichment uh, things for the dogs to do. Yes. I'm sure you've got lots of those suggestions in your book and we'll put a, a link in the notes of this episode. So I won't get you to take me through that. Yeah. But essentially what you're saying is be prepared, have distractions for the dog in a way, similar way that you would have distractions for your second child when Absolutely. you bring your baby home, right? That's right. Yeah. So if you can start to slowly build the independence, so, you know, a couple of times throughout the day where, where you can uh, pop your puppy in a crate or pop them in a puppy pen and then also introduce enrichment. So I, I, a lot of people might think that that's just a toy, but toys generally need a human at the other end tugging them and playing with them. Not many dogs just like to play with a toy. Mm. Um, so I look more for food-based enrichment, you know, yes, stuffed cons, things like that. But also in the lead up to your baby being born, I would start to work towards getting your dog used to having off days. So from a young age with all our dogs, we start to integrate randomly. Maybe every two weeks they're going to have an off day, which means that they may only get over the course of a day, they might get a cuddle, they might get a five to ten minute training session, and then the afternoon they get a bone. And that is that is their day. And if we can start to sort of really vary routine within exercise, etc., then we're starting to build these dogs that aren't fixated on needing an hour walk every morning to be calm throughout the day. So, yeah, I think that that's really important as well. I remember you saying last time that um, try not to walk your dog at the same time every day. So that's that's part of it, right? You're saying to mix it up so that, yes. you know, if you've had a bad night, you know that when the baby sleeps in the morning, you can sleep with it and you Absolutely. don't have to worry about the dog. Yep. Absolutely. If you're in a position where, you know, and it's not going to be everyone's situation, but let's say um, best case scenario, you're in a position where you've got three months off before the baby comes, I would be starting to look at even writing a diary and going, right, on Monday, we're going to go for a 20 minute walk around the block. And then we're going to come home and we might do a little bit of training here. And then we're going to do some crate training and then, you know, blah, blah. And then the next day is very different. And um, and just making sure that you're throwing splashes of color and, and variability into your puppy's life now. Exactly the same with feeding time. I would feed a dog, you know, anywhere between maybe seven and nine in the morning. Mm -hmm. And if they're used to being fed at five o'clock every afternoon, I would start to, to vary that by an hour or two as well. What we're wanting to try and do is build that resilience towards being able to cope with slight changes in their daily routine. These are all things that we can do uh, before the baby comes. And I'm just wondering, you've mentioned sort of setting up the um, playpen in the lounge room and having that space for the dog. Are there any other things that parents should really think about before they bring their baby home to keep the baby safe? Oh, yeah. Look, I, I'm a big, big advocate for not rushing uh, puppy and or dog and baby intros. Um, I see a lot of videos on social media that are really worrying and for the most part, the comments underneath are saying, this is beautiful, this is the most special bond, they're going to be for And for me, I'm picking up on all the dog, the stress signals of the dog, and mm. it just is, it's worrying. We, we've seen the other side of things where they go pear-shaped and wrong. And statistically speaking, most dog bites happen to children from a known dog. 
So I think like if I can tell any parents out there, just really take your time with that process and read up on stress signals in dogs because for the most part, they're very, very subtle and you are bringing a brand new human being into their life that is is going to throw uh, even an adult dog. So I would be over the, you know, even the first month, I would be making sure that there are always, you're never going to let the baby just be on the floor where the dog is roaming Um, and you're always going to supervise those interactions. And that's why having the setup of the crate uh, in the lounge room or the puppy pen or the, the baby gates or whatever, just as much as you can to just make sure that there is that safety net to begin with. Now, of course, the first year of a baby's life is quite a blur, (laughs) but when you get to the other side and even before that year is up, babies start to get curious. You know, they're crawling, they're pulling, they're putting things in their mouth, they're jumping on things. I know that you've been here. This is why I know you can answer this, Jen. (laughs) What do we need to teach our very young babies as they start to develop about how they interact with their dog? Yeah, look, it's it's a hard one because dogs, and I'm I look at this from the perspective of making sure all my children grow to love dogs as well. It's very easy, um, and we do a lot of work with the Sinophobia Clinic in Sydney, which is the you know people with a fear of dogs, and there's a lot of children that fall into that category. And it's it's you know it's easy for a toddler to get knocked over by a dog, and then all of a sudden they they are terrified of the, the family dog that's around all the time. So look again, it's just heavy supervision and making sure that. The, the child learns not to pull, climb on, you know, gentle patting, the same that you do with most animals instinctively um, with yeah. your child, and then and and just really learn to understand those those signals from the dog as well. So any lip licking or or scratching or maybe yawning, uh, you know, averting eye contact are all signs that maybe the dog's a little bit uncomfortable with the advances of the child. Um, I also have another blanket rule in my house that if a dog is in a crate or lying on a bed or sleeping or eating a bone or dinner, children are not allowed to go anywhere near that dog. That's yeah. the dog's space and that's the dog's place to be alone and, you know, resting or eating, etc. So, yeah, I think just being being really mindful of the dog's perspective about things and, and teaching the child over time to be calm and gentle. Jen, thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. It was fun. That's Jen Tate, co-author of How to Train Your Dog. And if you'd like more info about dog training and children, you can check out their website. We'll have links to all of the things in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.